Hi guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Heidi. And welcome to another episode of Betty Squared. Today we are looking at chapter 120, Sex Education. <laughs> and I wanted to start this episode off by letting you all know what text message I sent Heidi halfway through when I was watching this because like we don't ever talk about the episode until we come to record but I have broken the rules a couple of times where I've been like oh my god this episode and um I think I sent in my message to you this is the horniest episode I've ever seen yes yeah some and I can confirm it it really was (laughs) it really was um it reminded me a lot of like movies and TV episodes that you used to get around the sort of mid nineties. Like where nowadays you'd be like, Whoa, I can't believe they did an episode like that. But back in the day it was like super scandalous. And I think I get that feeling about this episode because it's set in like the what fifties, sixties. Yeah. It should be 50s, I believe. 50s, right, because I think they, they make a lot of references to the war. So, yeah, that would be that would be 50s. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. This episode – and also I had this, like, immediate thought of, oh, God, it was only, like, how many episodes did we get in before Archie got his shirt off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we thought it, we thought it wouldn't happen uh, as, as soon as it did. Yeah, but here we are. Uh, and – Here we are. Ethel is obviously a a key point of this episode, too, because of the murder of her parents. And so they're still sort of investigating and she's maintaining her innocence. And there's it's just a whole kerfuffle this episode. I don't even know where to start. Should we just go chronologically? Yeah, I think so. I think that makes the most sense. Well, my first note is. Why on earth is Sheriff Keller telling high school students confidential information about a murder case? <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> he, like, Ethel has just been questioned mm-hmm. at what looks like the high school. It doesn't even look like they've taken her to a police station for a murder case. And then, like, Jughead and Betty and, like, I think Kevin was there are like hanging out waiting to find out what's going on. Like, I'm sorry. That would never happen in reality in any circumstance, let alone a murder investigation. Well, maybe in the 1950s, you never know. I don't know. I still feel like there's some kind of like breach of confidence or breach of justice or something with what Sheriff Keller did. I had a bit of a chuckle with that. Just having very little, um, uh, what's the right word? I don't want to say respect. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> having little faith in in the police force, especially back in the day. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair enough. Okay, so you're saying that what you saw was just like a Tuesday in Riverdale. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that was that was the first thing that I noted of this episode. What did you note? <laughs> oh god, you're laughing. Cuz it was so this episode's crazy. The first thing I've commented on was 
freaking Cheryl. So we see her painting, obviously Tony, but like a version of Tony, like a pinup-y version yes. of Tony, which love her paintings this time around. Um, and then it cuts to her her sitting at the breakfast table with her mom and she's carving she out a papaya. Eating a, pa- a papaya. <laughs> that was my next note. I laughed. I laughed because so funny. You know, in case you didn't know, you're definitely a lesbian if you eat a papaya. <laughs> well, no, it's because papayas look like vaginas. I know, I'm being sarcastic. It was it's obviously, <laughs> you know, they've added that in there for for context, but not only is she deceiving a a uh, a papaya, but it's like a whole fucking half of a giant ass papaya. Like it's not a like nobody eats that much papaya for breakfast. Like Yeah. It was it was Wild. a choice. It was a choice. My friend that works as a um, assistant director on Riverdale, I can't wait until they're wrapped filming and we can have her on the um <laughs> on the podcast because there's so many things I wanna ask. Like, what was their reasoning or what were their ideas behind doing this? And, of course, this is a comedy element. And for most teenagers, I would imagine, well, maybe not teenagers, but anybody younger that's watching the show, that would have gone straight over their head. But it's a very sort of, again, an old school reference. Um, I'm not sure how many kids these days are referencing uh, papayas to parts of women's genitalia, but it was funny as shit. It was really, she's just, she's just scooping out all the seeds. The seeds out. <laughs> that, that makes me feel sick. Gross. Yes, it was. It was really funny. Um, it was a little yeah. on the nose. I'm not sure if I loved it or hated it. I, I think I'm, I think I'm impartial to it, but yeah, it, it did give me a good chuckle as well. Um, yeah, I was just like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> like shocked more than anything. I think. Yeah, it was a little, uh, it was a little graphic because you know, not graphic in the sense of like we've literally seen you know a body part, but just yeah, on the nose. Is that the better expression to use? It was just jarring. It was pretty. It was pretty on the nose. Yeah, yeah it was pretty on the nose. Yeah, but um, again. I love the fact that, like, Mrs. Blossom is sitting there and she's just like, my daughter is definitely a lesbian because she's eating papaya and painting naked women. Like, just like we talked about last episode, people are jumping to conclusions about her sexuality without just cause. Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong, unfortunately, but, (laughs) like, unfortunately that they're, they're so on the nose, but they... They shouldn't know these things. Just, I mean, although I will say mothers have a different intuition often about their kids. And, I don't know, drawing sexy pictures, painting sexy paintings of women is kind of, like, obvious. Even saying, like, it's for class. What? No one's <laughs> painting not. pictures like that for class. You're painting a bowl of fruit for class. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, you're, let's be real. You're probably just using charcoal. I don't even know if you would use paints at that yeah. stage, but yeah. oh, like my full God. oil painting. Yeah, I was going to say she's like she's like um like a savant. She needs to be, you know, painting internationally for 
renowned clients and things like that. Like her level of talent yeah. is with no references. No references whatsoever. And like no one's ever been like, "Hey Cheryl, you're a really great painter. I think you might like have an extraordinary talent in this and probably yeah. should start selling your paintings." But anyway, but um something that you said struck me and I had a little chuckle internally was that, you know, parents or in in this case mothers have this, you know, sort of sixth sense about their kids and often know about their kids' sexuality before the kids even realize, you know, in some cases. Uh, do we think that Mrs. Blossom has any kind of mother's intuition? <laughs> because it's very clear what she feels about Cheryl. Unfortunately, unfortunately, she does have some sort of, you know, intuition of sorts. But I, I think um, it's not because she knows Cheryl. It's because she's overcritical of Cheryl right. and judgmental of Cheryl, which unfortunately is continuing into this iteration of Riverdale in the 1950s. But, you know, also very awkward for her to pimp out her son, like to pimp, to ask her son to pimp out Cheryl. That's. Yeah, ooh. because like, let's quickly hook her up with a boy because that'll stop her from being gay. Yeah. Yeah, and let's go to let's as Julian go tell another boy that my sister's a slut. Like, it's yes, easy. Like, what are you doing? I know. I was like, are you kidding me right now? That poor so girl. Weird. What a and, weird thing. And shame on Archie for being like, oh, okay, I'll take her out because she's easy. Yeah. Although I mean, she's pretty. Um, I hope this. I, I think also this. Archie is always, especially this version, is easily swayed. He is very easily swayed. He doesn't have those opinions that we've been used to seeing him with. You know, he's not headstrong Although, yet. No, not really. Although I will say there was a rare moment of self-awareness when he's like, to Veronica, you're too much of a handful for a guy like me. Yes. Also a little brutal. <laughs> Um, I actually, it's so funny because you and I, that's my exact next note. You and I are, are symbiotic on our notes today, but, um, yeah, I said, I love that Archie is standing his ground when it comes to Veronica. Good for him. I love this new version of him. I really like yeah. the choices that he's making this season. Um, you know, paired that with the excellent acting that we're seeing from KJ this season. It, it, it's just chef's kiss you know i'm i'm really enjoying yeah. everything that i'm seeing from him and he's finally developing into this character that i don't want to punch in the face and that's kind of nice <laughs> you know how many he's actually a character no go ahead oh i was gonna say how many episodes of betty squared have we talked about how he's the worst and we can't stand him and we hate him this is such a beautiful redemption they're doing a great yeah, job I with him I agree. It's it's sad that it's that we're gonna get one season of an Archie that's like fun to watch, but he really is probably one of the he's the highlight of like the episodes of season so far. Yes, agreed, agreed. And like you know, they're they're trying with the dialogue, the other performers, and like um, I'm noticing that they're giving a lot of. Uh, the G gullies and um, things like that to Jughead. Oh my golly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, um, Cole is also doing a great job, but he is the same Jughead 
it's just Jughead in the 50s. Whereas yeah. Archie is a complete transformation. So uh, acting style, character-wise, writing style, things are just working better for him this season. Yeah, it just kind of all works in a way that I think the other the other characters and cast members don't quite work. Um and I don't I don't know what exactly it is. I feel no. like there's just like this chemistry to like the the writing to the characterization to KJ's acting that like really just works. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's it's really nice. That's that's all I can say. I really in- enjoy it. And I loved, I loved that he was like, you know what, Veronica, you're just too much of a handful for me. I was like, yes, finally, you grew some balls and you said what you felt instead of like pussyfooting around. Good. Yeah. And he had this awareness of like, because I think Archie that we'd seen in the past maybe had that awareness too, but was too like, emotional about it or too headstrong about it or too like in in love or lust or whatever with veronica to like make that determination to make that decision but this archie just like yeah no i can see how this is gonna go and i don't want to do that so you know and it's just like so refreshing i do think it's hilarious though that like he calls veronica a handful and then proceeds to go out with cheryl (laughs) veronica's a handful like Cheryl is like 10 Cheryl just comes with baggage Veronica is a diva Cheryl is just really confused Um, she does seem a little softer this this season there's not that sort of there's that sassiness still but not that nastiness that we've seen with Cheryl in the past um, it, it's kind yeah. of this childlike innocence where she's really struggling with her identity, but she's going through it in a really realistic way, not people assuming her sexuality. That's not realistic in the slightest, but her exploration and her coming to terms with quote unquote feelings for Tony is, is kind yeah. of almost true to life, which is nice. Yeah, it's much more realistic. The Cheryl that we've seen before, I think realistic and Cheryl are, like, not... No, they don't go hand in hand. (laughs) It's not things that have gone hand in hand. But I agree. And I think, too, what's nice about Cheryl in this episode, too, which differentiates her from Veronica, is that her, like, exploration of things with Archie isn't, in this episode, a... It's very... It seems very genuine of, like... I am scared of these feelings that I have for Tony. I'm scared of this, like, thing that other people are seeing and I'm realizing. But she feels comfortable with Archie to, like, explore that side. It's not her using him as much. No, I don't think so. And I don't think Archie's using her either. I think they are just both coming together at a time where maybe they just need to confide in somebody. Yeah, they're, like, they're comfortable being curious with, with each other. Yeah, and it's it's super respectful too, which is it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm curious to see where that goes because obviously it's not going to succeed. <laughs> like it's well, not going to go well. Okay, so the the episode implies they had sex. Yeah, do you think they had sex? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
Okay, so like deep down, I don't want them to have because I I want him to be with Betty. Um and which is something that, you know, I wouldn't have said of last season, Archie, because we that was it was weird and we didn't know how yeah. that all felt. You know, um I, This just seems strange though. This seems like you remember that episode, I can't even remember what season it was, where they're all in the hot tub and yeah. um, Jughead and Veronica kiss. And you and I were both like, there was no like Nothing. chemistry there at all. This is not quite as extreme between Cheryl and Archie, but I feel like it would be an injustice to the series if they actually have sex. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't think they went all the way. I think that they went pretty, I think they went probably farther than either of them have gone with other people, but also because they're very inexperienced. Like, I think they, like, probably did a little more than make it out, but I don't think they went all the way. I can't imagine. No, and, like, oh, God, what was also uncomfortable was, like, the fact that she told her brother and her mom, like, in such an ex- – like, yeah, such a direct way. I, I don't know. I didn't like it. Well, I mean, she's kind of, like, pushed to, right? It's funny because, like, if all of these people outside of Cheryl were not, like, basically pointing out that she's gay – she wouldn't be doing any of these things. Like, she might have a crush on Tony. I think all of that would have gone much slower, but because they're, like, pressuring her in this way to not be gay, like, it's making her evaluate it much quicker. So that means everything else is moving much faster than it would be if they... So it's, like, that brutal irony of, like, if they just hadn't said anything, then probably not much would have happened, you know? I also don't know much about, like, the 50s, you know, was mm. – were we moving into a into a period where, like, homosexuality was more accepted or we were talking about having premarital sex? Because I kind of, like no. – I don't know how correct the season is. Like, I don't – Yeah. I don't think – even integration – was just a new mm-hmm. concept. So it's, I think the show is taking some liberties to obviously, you know, because it's a, a show that's a, at being aired in, during modern times. I think they're trying to give some kind of confirmation that these things are okay. But it, yeah, I, I keep going, but wait, was homosexuality like a thing? Like, no. would you see a girl pursuing another girl so openly like this? No. Okay. All right. So they've just taken some creative liberties then. Oh, definitely. No, but people were not out and open. And I think I want to look up when the first, like when Stonewall happened. Um, because that's really like the first big movement in America where like people were openly talking about being gay and queer and, you know, yeah. gender and all of that. Like, because um, that was the thing. But I yeah, was definitely like- not. And I was like, when did that start? When did that all happen? Yeah. And when, um, I mean, we're getting close to 
they're in like the late fifties because they comment on two films in this episode. One yes. was uh, the Tingler, and one was the Seven Year Itch. Yes, which Seven Year Itch. I thought was really funny that um, Betty wants to go see the Seven Year Itch with Kevin when, like, the Seven Year Itch is basically a euphemism for like it's been seven years since they've had sex. You know. <laughs> yeah, very, very <laughs> right sort of film for them to be watching. Yeah, um, the Seven Year Itch came out in 1955, but Tingler came out in 1959. Oh, interesting. So they're probably like, yeah, right? Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, because I, I wasn't too aware, it's a Vincent Price film. Tingler is about a, a doctor who finds uh, parasites in uh, humans. And something I thought was interesting was that in the Wikipedia page, it said that uh, they would put in the theaters like a little, basically like a vibrating device under chairs to like give a 4D experience in the movie. That's insane. That's really cool. God, so how progressive of them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The Stonewall riots don't happen until like 1969. So that makes sense though, because I was going to say too that we're in the 1950s, so we're right before this, you know, obviously right before the 60s. Um, and the 60s, 70s are like free love movement. Yes. You no know, hippies, things like that, where I think. Not that it was okay to be gay or queer, but those things started become to become more um, known or maybe more openly happening than ever before. But yeah, definitely not 1950s. That's like your, you know, heterosexual couple, a man and a woman with a white picket fence and two and a half kids. You know, it's very much that. That's what I thought too. I always think of the movie Pleasantville. When I think of the 50s, you know, where everything was very, yeah. you know, apple pie and sure, people had their issues and stuff, but it wasn't talked about like it's talked about today. Yeah. No, a lot of suffering not. and silence. Okay. Yeah. so But sh- this is Riverdale. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it even was like with the original series where this show kind of blurs the lines between, um, you know, old school kind of rock and roll and the modern era so they're they're doing the same thing they're not really being specific in what year they're in they're kind of existing within a bunch of different years because of these references and everything um yeah and again that doesn't come as a surprise because it's something that they've always kind of done Mm -hmm. and then they're also talking about the war just ending and i'm assuming forgive my ignorance but i'm assuming they mean the second world war that's because that that's was weird though because that was forty five. I mean, I think I think they're that was forty five. Um, I think, yeah, I think we're technically supposed to be nineteen fifty five, and I think the Tingler come like that movie that they reference is a is just that they made a mistake of timeline and yeah, I I, I think we're technically like nineteen fifty five. So I guess like ten years ago isn't too far away from the war, but it is kind of weird. Yeah, it seems like it's like they're just fresh out of the war. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite right. Were there was yeah. was there any like civil war during that time? Again, as somebody who didn't grow up in this country. <laughs> no, there's only one civil war that's happened so far. Okay, in when was that? That happened in <laughs> that was like the 1800s, I think. Okay, girl, like, you got to give me a pass. I did not grow up in this country. I have taken no American history classes. I knew you had a civil war. I had no idea when. 
It didn't happen in 1950, I'll tell you that. Okay, uh, all right, cool. No, I think the, the next big war, I don't think there's an, another one. I think the next one is Vietnam, which happens like... In the 60s. 19, yeah, 1960s. Yeah, so, I feel like they're referencing the Vietnam War, which again, hasn't happened yet. So, hmm, interesting. Oh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, no, it sure yeah. doesn't. But anyway, doesn't matter doesn't matter anyway uh i would love i'd love to talk about that big old sex scene or kissing scene (laughs) the dream (laughs) i have pretty much the remainder of my notes on this episode are on that particular scene (laughs) it was interesting right because we got like it was like big general dream sequence where all the couples are together, whatever, and, like, making out, and then it kind of goes into each individual person's, like, fantasy, and we see, like, how those pairings break down. It was funny, though, because I was like, in whose dream are Kevin and Betty making out together, and that's the dream, because that's not, like, accurate for either of those two people and that couple, so I'm like, whose dream was that? Um... But yeah, that was that was that was interesting, and the like drum beat in the background it was it was different. How would you pitch that to the cast? <laughs> How would you bring that into a table read or a pitch meeting and go, "Cool, we're gonna have this African drum beat. All the couples are gonna get it on. It's gonna be super sexy, super like." hyper-realize, like, we're going to have plants that are there, but are clearly fake, and we're going to move them in and out to reveal different couples, <laughs> and then, like, you're going to sit in one chair and watch this other couple make out, then they're going to sit in one chair and watch you make out with somebody else. Everyone's going to be in lingerie or um, shirtless. You're all going to be in tidy whities which <laughs> Kevin... Literally walking over to, I don't know that guy's name, the guy that he's interested in. Clay? Clay. I was like, it starts with a C. Yeah. Clay. And he's like looking all sexy at him. And then like you see his tidy whities And like I, I lost it at that point. I started laughing. And then like Archie's in tidy whities sitting down on the chair. Yeah. I. Oh, my God. It was. It was. It was interesting. There was. Yeah. There was also this weird editing thing that they did, and I guess it's probably because it's a dream sequence where, like, the one moment I can really remember it, but I know it happened a few different times, was when, like, Betty lunges at Archie, and it's like, and it's cut, so it's yes, like, it's lunge, lunge, lunge. Lunge, lunge, lunge. It's like the lunge repeats itself. Yeah. That was weird. I but I guess it's because it was a dream. Yeah, I didn't mind that so much. I've seen that done before. I don't yeah. know what its it just purpose felt like really is. Cho- yeah, it just felt really choppy. Like, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. Like a like a record is skipping or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it was to emphasize the passion of their kiss. But oh, so passionate! The dream kiss. Yeah, but like, I had a point during that scene. First of all, I was laughing my ass off because I was like, "This is so. <laughs> this is a lot. Ridiculous." But not just that. Everybody in that cast has made out with everybody. Yeah. 
Like, if that is not yes. a way to get COVID, I don't know what is. <laughs> like, they must yeah, have- they could not have done this last year. No, absolutely not. Like, just- Yeah. So much saliva. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know who I think hasn't made out? Jughead and Cheryl. Yes. Yes. I think that's like the one pairing. Other than like Archie and Kevin and, you know, like hetero couple. Archie and Kevin have kissed. Jughead and Kevin. Oh, Jughead and Kevin. Um, <laughs> I, I was just trying another one. <laughs> yeah, Jughead and Kevin haven't kissed. Cheryl and Jughead haven't kissed. Jughead and Archie? I don't think they've no, kissed. No, they haven't. But you know they're, like, making out on set, those two. Because they're, like, best buds. Oh, yeah. They're definitely kissing each other. Because <laughs> they're just, like, big old bros, you know? They don't give a they shit. They just greet each other with a, with a manly kiss. I bet you they do. I bet you they do. <laughs> they Those two are, like, tricksters. Um, and I'm sure they have done stuff like that before. Um, okay, all right. Probably. So not everybody has kissed everybody, but... All but but enough where it's like a lot. All the boys have kissed all the girls in some capacity, except for yeah, except for Jughead and Cheryl. Except for Jughead and Cheryl, one, I don't think you know Maybe what Kevin and Cheryl. But it's it's not too soon. They, I bet you, you never know. I bet you, if this was my show, I'd be like, hey, just for shits and giggles, let's make everybody kiss hmm. everybody before this season finishes out. Yeah. <gasps> Let's just make everybody get the rounds. Get the rounds in. Why not, you know? Oh god, this is really <laughs> <clears throat> This is this is something. What did you think of um <laughs> like going back to like the innocence of like the 1950s and of this season and this iteration of the characters? What did you think of of our boy Archie getting a boner? <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was really funny. Oh, poor little boy. He's just so horny and he doesn't know how to facilitate it. <laughs> doesn't know what to do. Another reason why it probably didn't go too far with Cheryl is, is probably because of that, but we don't have to get more graphic into that. No. Um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes, I sure um, do. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's hilarious that all Betty had to do was like, t- touch his thigh. <laughs> He Done. freaked the fuck out. He was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> first time. First boner. <laughs> I don't think it's the first boner. I think it was the first boner in front of a girl. With a girl. Yeah, no, totally. Just also would be very funny if it was the first time. But you know um, he got a boner when he and Cheryl were making out. 100%. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's beautiful. Why wouldn't he? Um, Another thing, in terms of, like, uh, innocent panic, uh, I feel like Cheryl, so far in this season, is just, like, gay panic constantly. Like, <laughs> she after is. the, after the, uh, or during the, um, the, like, poetry reading situation with Tony, which, the whole poetry reading thing was, like, weird, but whatever, um, 
<laughs> she just like loses it like very similar to Archie in that moment like it's funny that they're paired up in this episode and they both have those like horny panic moments they both do that oh, I gotta go <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> oh god well at least girls Question. have a better time hiding if they're hot for somebody than men who have like literally a physical reaction Oh, 100%. I was really relieved. Like, in the in her, like, little dream sequence of it, her, like, fantasy of it that she's having, she, like, very much makes a face and a noise like she's, like, you know, finishing. And then it cuts to her in real life. And I was like, oh, thank God she wasn't doing that in, life, in real life. That would have been so embarrassing for her. <laughs> like, to, it, I was like, thank goodness that wasn't what was happening. Um, <laughs> but I have a question for you. So when... Veronica poses the makeout party. Mm-hmm. Um, she lists off like seven minutes in heaven, like the, yes, different, like makeout games. Yes. Oh. Have you ever heard of pony ride? I was just about to say pony ride. Um, okay, so I was too scared to Google it because I was frightened of what might come up. Um, but yeah, she's listing these know. games, and I think the only one I ever heard of was Seven Minutes in Heaven, which mm-hmm. I, as a youth, have played. <laughs> but it was so funny, because every time I was, like, shoved into a closet or a bathroom or whatever, I'd just sit there and I'd be like, <laughs> like, I was just nervous. Because, you know, you're a kid. The idea of yeah. it is so exciting and so thrilling, and then you actually get to it and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I've never played Seven Minutes in Heaven. That wasn't something we did. We would do like dares. I dare you to kiss the, you know, this person. Yeah, but then nobody but, like, ever no. did. Nobody ever did. Like, I dare you to to kiss this person. Yeah. I dare you to kiss this person. No, I'm not doing that. Oh, you suck. End of. I was. I I do remember being dared to kiss one of my girlfriends, uh, and we did do that. That was probably the most scandalous thing I ever did, but. Get like down with your bad self, really Heidi. Wasn't. Wow. And it wasn't even it wasn't even like a makeout. It was literally just like a peck kiss. <laughs> so <laughs> that's oh, it. Gosh. I've okay, never really heard of a find... You're gonna try and find pony pony ride? I just I'm, assumed I'm trying to you find like it, so if I do I'll let you know. I, I just assumed she'd just like ride around on somebody's back. Like like a like a pony ride? Weird. I don't know. I don't, this is a weird show. We're, we're getting quite the education. Um, I've never heard of makeout parties. Is that a thing? Yes. Not that I'd ever been to one, obviously. That um, must be an American thing because I've, I've never heard of that having grown up in Australia. Like you would just go to it a party like- and you would – find somebody and make out with them but it wasn't a make out party you were there to like you know it was like a house party or you were there for somebody's birthday or something like that and people would kiss and stuff but it was never like oh let's go find a bedroom or if there was there certainly weren't the parties i was going to yeah uh, that being said it's a thing i've heard of in the same way like it's something that like i've heard of happening but i never went to any so i'm curious i like to know who has i also don't think in the same way that they were called like makeout parties it was like i'm having a party and it's boy girl and like then you know people would go i have heard of this thing i read a book once 
I wish I could remember what book it was, um, where a girl was going to the party and she wore insanely low-rise jeans. So you know when this book was written, because um, it was like a point in the book that she wore these low-rise jeans that were like not she wasn't allowed to wear them by her parents, so she had to sneak out with them. <laughs> um, and then the part one of the games at the party was that all of the girls wore a different lipstick, and then they would perform an act with a boy and the boy with the most rings of lipstick <gasps> at the end of the party. <laughs> That's yeah. so gross. I mean, like not to shame anyone, do what you want to do, but like, that's just unhygienic. No, gross. gross. Yes. Oh yeah. man. This is how disease gets started. You guys. Ew. This is why COVID happened. This is why COVID happened. This is, I was going to say, this is why STDs happen, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a book yeah, so you read. I think things. Yeah, that was in a book I read. I don't remember what the book was. Good I cannot Lord. remember. I remember too. She was wearing. This must be a core memory or something. She was wearing gold lipstick because I thought that was weird. Like who wears gold lipstick? Um, but yeah, I don't know what book it was though. Huh. Huh. But so that all that being said, I think it is a thing. I think like sex parties and makeout parties are like a thing, whether they're called that specifically, I don't know. But they're, I mean, I think it is uh, not normal, but uh, normal for people to meet in groups to release sexual desires. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have swinger parties, you have orgies, like these things exist. I'm just curious whether like a makeout party was like a thing that was common in the 50s. Again, you know, like it. I guess yeah, so whether because that was done in the 50s I don't know. Well, I'm assuming so because you know they, they were big on like no premarital sex and stuff like that. So I'm sure this was their version of releasing tension whether they went all the yeah. way or they didn't. I don't know. But yeah, I mean these parties exist, but yeah, I was more curious about about the names of these games. I just tried to google as well while you were yeah. talking and I literally there's this there's this website that says kiss a pony. There are a pony like kissing boobs, and I was like, oh, that's really stinking cute. But nothing that's real cute. Nothing to do with like kissing or makeout parties or anything like that. So yeah, one thing one thing I I did find is it's not pony rides, but it's horseback kissing game. The Turek sport. Involves a man, a woman, two horses, a kiss, and a whip. But they ride horses, and the guy chases the girl and, like, tries to get to her to then kiss her while they're on horseback. On two different horses. Huh. Weird. That sounds like a lot of effort. Like, just just kiss somebody. It's a lot. Just kiss somebody. Yeah. Like, that's so... Who's got time for that? I guess <laughs> Nobody. Sometimes people just have to you know, change things up, make it exciting, I guess. Yeah, but you like, have some horses, why not? Sure, but like you're gonna go out and hire a horse <laughs> for all that those shenanigans. Then you gotta learn how to horse ride, because if you're meant to try and like get away from the guy, like nah, you gotta nah, be good at riding. That sounds like yeah. way too much effort. Um I'm really glad I'm married because I don't have to try anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that is the the good part of being married for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's others, I guess, too. I suppose I'm not married, so I don't know. Um, you know, they say companionship <laughs> and love and all that crap, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, all that bullshit. Well, 
in all, I thought that scene, the the dream sequence, just to get back to that for a second, yeah. was way too long. I was like, yeah. to the point where I was like, okay, can we watch something else now? Like, this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but also on the kissing party, I didn't realize that this is the first time that Jughead and Betty are meeting, quote unquote. Yeah, that was funny. And then there was totally a moment, not for Betty, but for Jughead of him being like, like, yes, Betty, like, yes. there's like a little bughead moment. There was. And um, I thought that was nice. I thought they were hinting at a possible relationship there for just a second. But then, obviously. Yeah. Or if it was even, like, I was curious if it was either, like, this Jughead getting those feelings, or if it was, like, regular Jughead, like, kind of, like a, like a memory from reality coming back to him for, like, a moment. Like, a, just not even a memory, but, like, a... T- twinge of like a feeling from like way back before, when yeah you know? way back when yeah yeah interesting or way in the future <laughs> right well that is all the notes that i have um again i know they were very heavily connected to the uh the weird dream sequence in the makeout party but that's because <laughs> i think i'm a little traumatized question mark <laughs> <laughs> i think that's valid i think that's valid my last note is just I really liked Cheryl, uh, 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 Tony's line uh, to Cheryl, where she says about her poetry reading thing, I think it'll razz your berries. Yes, that was uncomfortable. Okay. Also, what berries? Her boobies? No, I think like um, your clitoris. <gasps> oh, because I was like, she doesn't have berries. She's a girl. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's, yeah. Oh. Or ovaries. Ew. No one wants your ovaries, Jazz. That's, that's not, that's not a thing that, that needs to happen for women. Just, just in case. You know that, that feeling you get where where you're, where you feel your ovaries? No. You, in case we have any male listeners who are like, wow, how do ovaries work? Um, and we haven't lost, we haven't lost you at this point. Yeah. You don't. You don't feel them. They're just like a part of your body, just like your stomach or like your lungs. Like you just, you don't feel them. Um. Yeah. <laughs> or I would say more like your kidney. Like your so, kidney, like it's there, so but like. lacking in feeling. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. That's so funny. Now that raz your berries and <laughs> raz your ovaries. Gonna get your ovaries hot and heavy. <laughs> Ew, gross. With that being said, though, do we want to rate the episode on berries? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I wanna, I wanna rate this episode so hard uh, uh, using berries. Um, I'm going to rate this episode a sour blueberry. So you know, like when you bite into a blueberry and you're just like so excited that it's going to be like nice and juicy and sweet. And then you get like that sour one that's like just not ready to be born yet. And you're like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about this episode. Excited, but also like uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. What berry, what berry do you use? I think, hmm, I think I'm going to choose a, oh, I'm going to choose a 
blue raspberry. It's not real. No, it's not real. It's, it's a flavor. A <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real berry. It's a flavor that can be good. But um, in reality, it doesn't exist. And I think that that just sums up this episode pretty yeah, well. Yeah, you freaking nailed it. That's perfect, Heidi. <laughs> good job. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, blue raspberry also leaves like your mouth a weird blue color. And it takes a while for it to go away. <laughs> and that's how I feel yes. about this episode, too. It takes a... It lasts on the palate a little bit. It does. Long. It lingers. It lingers. Kind of like coffee breath. <laughs> <It> lingers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yes, my but goodness. even more embarrassing because it's you, your lips or tongue are blue for <laughs> yeah too long. <laughs> oh my god! If this isn't a euphemism for sex, I don't know what is. Oh oh no! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what would Heidi do? Heidi, what would Heidi do? What would Betty do this episode? We are so synonymous, you know. You are. You're um, the same no, person. No. <laughs> No, um, uh, she would, she would start feeling some feelings and she would be looking for some satisfaction. So of course she does some research. She finds a book that can help her <laughs> learn some things and she tries to share her knowledge with her friends. Um, she would try so hard to get her boyfriend to, you know, feel some pleasure, um, and try to find that for herself as well. But at the end of the day. And some sexy, sexy dreams about her next door neighbor, Archie. And, and give, him, give a him a boner. Thank you. I'm good. I'm glad you didn't miss that part. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Oh, so man. important. This was a really silly episode, but I kind of dug it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And really, really out of place for Riverdale. We haven't seen anything like this from them before. Yeah, I think it's been a while since, like, because, like, you kind of mentioned with, like, the hot tub thing and stuff like that, like, and the, like, um, Betty in the wig, like, dark Betty and things like that. It's been a while since we've had, like, Riverdale just being sexy for the sake of being mm -hmm, sexy mm -hmm. and really not to, like, do anything else. And that's what this was. Yeah. At, like, to the, turned up to the highest degree. Yep. Yep. Completely. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right, friends. Well, we'll leave you to recover from the trauma that was this episode. <laughs> but we'll catch you next time for another episode of Betty Squared. Bye. Bye.